2: Hey, everybody, it's Tuesdays with Kelly and Dan.
1: Previously on Talking Pools, Kelly and Dan took us on a riveting journey into the world of commercial pool services, revealing the promises and perils that come with the territory. Today, we're back for part two, where the pool pros unravel the secrets to success and equip you with the tools to navigate the lucrative but treacherous waters of commercial pools. So, grab your test kits and get ready for part two of Talking Pools, where the currents of success are about to take you on an unforgettable ride. (laughs)
2: Join the council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, aka CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at cmac.org. That's C M A H C dot org. Okay, now that I edit a podcast, their noise is annoying the hell out of me cuz I'm thinking Okay, this is what Rudy has to edit out whenever he does an episode.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can imagine what he's going to do with this one now that you're saying that. I can imagine what he's going to do with this one now that you're saying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, at any rate, the, the, the woman, uh, like I said, she said she's their CPO and she um, has a bad back, can't get down to the pool to take care of it multiple times a day. I said and you've got the gall to call in here all summer long and yell and scream at my staff when your pool isn't perfect and our guys shut it down. And that's what we do. Our guys if the water chemistry isn't right if if something you know they they'll shut it down. Zip tie the gate closed and and put signs up and everything else saying that the pool's closed. <clears throat> so uh she ended up finding other people at the property who were going to help her take care of the pool of the way it was meant to be. I said, You know what? Boy, it's, it's interesting to me that when our guys go in there, the log books that you're talking about. So, in the state of Illinois, you have to test the water twice a day at each end of the pool. Yeah. So, you have four logs you're writing oh. every single day. Um, they would literally, our guys, the, the one, you know, we're there two days a week. So, we're doing two tests total um you know, at the property anyway. Whatever we would write in, somebody would go and just write the same numbers in every line underneath it until the I next time we were there.
2: That. Yeah. I hate when they do that.
3: And they're not even <laughs> yeah. clever about it. You can tell it's like the same pen, the same everything. An inspector looks at that, you you know the inspector's gonna be like this is BS.
2: Oh yeah my There's parents no I had I had my first commercial as a slumlord of an apartment complex, and they're horrible. They don't pay well, not well. They just don't pay on time. I had to shut that pool down all the time, all the time, and they would when I would leave, then they'd open it when I left.
3: Oh sure, yeah.
2: And I'm just like, and I knew they were doing it. But I was like, do you realize? Like, in my contract, it says if I shut this pool down, it's down. Like, you, I have the say because I'm the CPO on site. You know, I'm the one taking the responsibility by, and I'm like, and you're just going to go open it after I leave? Mm-hmm. Like, the chlorine's too high. The gas acid's too high. You don't want to drain the pool. Like, what do you expect us to do? Yeah. So yeah. I ended up having to sue that complex. But
3: I never got paid even though I won. Sure. Well, the the that aspect of of the commercial pools is is a little bit of the negative side of things, but there there is definitely some positive sides of things. In in the city of Chicago, we do work for a number of management companies, and it's kind of funny because the management companies, as I said, they change. Well, these companies tend to be the primary ones that the better high rises in Chicago use. So if they change from management company a to management company B odds are we're doing other properties for management company B anyway. Mm -hmm. So we do tend to stay in these properties as the management companies rotate around. And, um, we, we do plan and do a lot of work in the, uh, the off-season. In the state of Illinois, you're not allowed to replace a pump, a filter, a heater, a a chemical pump, a a flow meter even, without getting a permit from the Illinois Department of Public Health.
2: We're the same here. You have to get a permit. Usually they're really quick about it. But yeah, if it's not something that was already there, or you're not replacing like for like, Right. You do have to have a permit.
3: Right. So the, the non-like for like is where then we get into. In the state of Illinois, you have to, uh, first of all, the permits are ridiculously expensive. Um, you have to have engineered drawings produced. And the turnaround time is many, many months. Um, oh,
2: wow. Well,
1: ours is not know, like.
3: We, we often have projects where we can be up to a year to get... The permit, the approval to do whatever's necessary to be done. So, doing that in the state of Illinois really gives us the ability of saying, okay, you know, we're going to get started on this, and odds are it's going to be January before we're going to be doing it and plan and schedule and, and coordinate everything that way. Um, the last couple of years, we've we've done a decent amount of work. You know, I would say probably. Two three dollars $300,000 worth of work each year in the four or six weeks right after the first of the year at commercial properties, replacing pumps and heaters and filters and, and upgrading and stuff like that. Uh, and they're properties that, those, those are properties where we're not maintaining them. You know, we're not out there every week or whatever, but we do repairs for them. And you know, another thing with a commercial pool, even far more than residential, if you have a residential person call you for a repair and you're booked up for a week, they wait for a week, right? Commercial pools, you you really can't do that and stay in their good graces. That pool can't afford to be down for a week, so you. you kind of need to find a balance or, or a potential of having somebody at that. Try to address it, get it, um, get it, uh, corrected. This new, this new platform you're, you're using with me is saying that my network is struggling.
2: I know. I was it, reading that. And it, it did because it, it stopped. You like stopped okay. talking and then you started talking again. Don't worry. It's all <laughs> recorded. That's like, okay. what I like about it is it records each of us. So if that does happen, it's still recording on your end because it's being uploaded to the platform.
3: Well, it told me to shut off your video. so So now I can't well, see just,
2: you. Just do what it says.
3: All right, I will listen to your software. Um, but anyway, the the you know point being is there are trade offs to anything you do, and on the commercial end of things, you do need to be responsive, um, as responsive as possible, and 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 it's also one of those areas that I mean, we we tell our technicians always to keep their eyes open for potential problems to alert. Homeowners on the residential side of, hey, you know what? Your pump's kind of on its last legs. We ought to be proactive and get this done before it dies. On the commercial side of things, you really, really, really need to be proactive that way and talking to the right people. If you're talking to the, the building engineer um, and the building engineer isn't somebody that makes decisions you you're you're wasting your time you really need to speak to you know the the president of the board or the uh the property manager or you know somebody that is of authority authority. yeah and and you're developing a relationship with that person as you're doing it so hey you know everything's okay today but i'm just kind of telling you this could end up being a problem so you might want to you might One want thing to consider I find being is, prepared.
2: It's interesting is in commercial you can have somewhere it's a quick turnover of getting the approval to replace something. But on the same end, it could be a month, two months, three months before someone gives you approval.
3: Oh sure. And it's yeah.
2: like are you, and then once they give you the approval, we need it now. And it's like we told you three months ago that we needed to know because we have to order it. And now you want to replace it? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So we,
3: we actually have a number of the properties in the city of Chicago where we have, where they own spare components. Um, you
2: know, I now that I started working in the commercial realm with bigger players, I would like to call it in our area for commercial, they try to do that as much as they can. not. Yeah. All of them are gonna. Not all the properties are gonna do it, but your higher end commercial properties will do that.
3: Right. Yeah. No. It's it's obviously not something, but we have properties that will have a brand new spare pump sitting there just in case, or if not the whole pump, a motor for the pump. So. See, I'm if, talking
2: about more of your ten horsepower pumps or higher. Oh
3: horsepower. yeah. Yeah, that's where exactly specialty
2: items and you you can't those aren't gonna be easy to get the day, right? Off.
3: Well we've we've even on um, because of the, the whole like for like thing, you know, you can replace like for like in the state of Illinois and you don't need the permit that takes so long and costs so much and all that. But it has to be identical down to the exact model number. So in in some of the cases where we've done equipment upgrades, and put new pumps and filters and heaters and you know the, the whole equipment set in we've sold them a second pump just to put in the storage so that yeah. when the time comes and that 10 or 15 horse pump has is, got issues there's one sitting there that you can just put in its place and and lose just just hours instead of what could be weeks or if the pump is no longer the exact same pump is no longer available. It could be months or many months. Um, Imagine that. Your pump dies and it's a pump that's 30 years old and it's not made anymore. So you have to go for engineering and a permit. And like I said, sometimes it can take up to a year to do. What do you do now? Most properties actually just put something in and ask to be forgiven after the fact. They start the process of the permit and everything else, but they they
2: uh, have had us here. I've had that where I don't do permits. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want me to do the work, you do the permit. I I don't, I don't do them. And uh, most of the time it's not a problem. But even with one of the commercial companies I work for, there are times where as I'm installing the pump, they're filling out the paperwork, but they know that it, where we are, these are considered minor changes. Like okay, we put in, they had a single speed pump, we put a variable speed. They consider that kind of a minor change because of availability. We can't, Hmm. now um, another one that they do as a minor change is uh, chemical feeders. If they've had chemical feeders there in the past, if we need to get a new one because it broke, but it's maybe a different model, it's considered a minor change. Those ones we know, hey, if we're still waiting for a permit, we're going to get approved on it. So just go ahead and get the work done. Yeah. We, know, you know, we know what we're going to and what we're not going to get approved majority of the time. Not all the time, but majority.
3: Yeah. I, I wish many municipalities were more reasonable with some of this stuff. The, you know, the aspect of like what I just described, if a property loses, the pump goes down and the same pump isn't made or you can't get it, you know, certainly during COVID, that was a huge problem. Um, to understand that there it's not that you're doing something to be sort of underhanded or something like that. You're, you're doing it just to be able to keep it going. And, you know, we'll, we'll get the permit. We'll get the engineering after the fact you know, let's, let's do an after the fact permit and let, you know, leave us alone so we can get this thing operating and get it back where people can be using it. But they're, you know, most, most unfortunately my belief is that most people of authority and government are doing it strictly because of the power trip that they're under. And if they can put the thumb screws to you and tell you, no, you can't do it because I said, so they get off on it. And, uh, you know, it, it makes life difficult. Which brings up another component of commercial pools. It's always great to become uh, not friends, but but I guess as friends as you can be with the the local public health officials. Become familiar yeah. to them, so they know who you are. They know that you are always doing things right. You're trying to do the best that you can, given whatever the circumstances, reach out to them. If you have questions, um, you know, be familiar to them and you'll, you'll usually find that they will not be the asshole to you when you do need them to give a little bit here or there or, or to kind of, I'm not going to say look the other way in a bad way, but understand the situation and give you a little bit of breathing room to get done. What needs to be done without them just shutting everything down on you.
2: Yeah. But I also think it's good for you to communicate with other pool companies to learn about other inspectors and maybe how they deal with them, because maybe you find one inspector is an asshole and the other person doesn't. And then you can learn how to communicate with them.
3: Yeah. Personalities. Um,
2: I argued with one once.
3: Yeah, how'd that go? (laughs) Um,
2: He couldn't argue with me. Uh, There was a chlorine uh, tank with a Steiner pump on a pool. and They only had a yellow timer to control the dosing of the, the tank to the pool. He wanted me to put enough trippers on there that it would go pretty much tripper to tripper all day long. <laughs> I told him no. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is what you need to do. I'm like, no, that's going to over this pool. I know this pool. I know it's usage. If I do this, that whole tank's going to be gone in a day or, or two. And so, yeah, we, uh, we did not see eye to eye, but he couldn't argue with me because I'm like, show me proof that this is going to be okay. Right. And he couldn't. Right. And he's like, well, what can you do? You need to do more. I'm like, I don't mind doing the uh, the dosing time being a little longer, but I'm not going to go where it's like tripper to tripper to tripper to tripper all around the, the damn wow. thing.
3: Yeah.
2: But I don't think he knew Pools. I think he just went by whatever the, the class taught him.
3: Sure. You know, it's funny we're talking about this because Wayne just, uh, with his episode last week, was talking about, um, well, last week, two weeks ago now, talking about health officials and, you know, are they friends or are they foes? And, and it's a very similar sort of thought process, I think, is in his head as as mine relative to them but ultimately you know they they are the ones that unfortunately have the ability of being a yeah being a thorn in your ass so as as much as they may be right or wrong you got to be very diplomatic and and careful as to how your dealings with them are and ultimately it really is best to just try to be friendly and if they if they want you to do something and it's minor, just do it. Even if it's stupid and unnecessary because you know, not trippers all the way around the timer that's gonna do what you're <laughs> talking about. But um you know there are are little stupid things that uh, we run into every now and then that it's it's like, yeah, you could you could pull out the code book and prove to them they're wrong and get into all that, but no one likes to look stupid, and no. most of those that are trying to exert their power in their position, um, they just need to do that. That's it's in their DNA, and if they can't, they go into a, a Big, battle mode. Lives
2: or. at home, and this is the only time that they yeah. get the pants in the relationship.
3: Right? <laughs> um, other areas. I,
2: I swear to God, I'm joking.
3: Do you do you run into, um, and and I don't know because we're so seasonal, we, we run into it a lot as compared to you, but where in the summertime we will have health department inspectors, um, my air quotes, who are college kids working as interns for the health department?
2: I have not seen that yet, but I don't want to say no because I would think that... <laughs>
3: they- they they bring them in and you know hand them a, a typically a tailored test kit and tell them to read the instructions and go out to the pool and test the water and give them the checklist to run down um, you know what's the flow rate on the flow meter and blah 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 all of the you know do the gates self close and latch do the you know are the bathrooms all functioning do the drinking fountains work whatever's and this on the is checklist an it's it's interns that are doing it in the summer for the health department because, again, the health departments are so understaffed. They don't have enough people to get out there. So they bring in these college kids, and for the summer, they go out and work for the health department as inspectors. Um, and they truly don't know what they're doing. But if you're able to be available... When those inspectors show up, yes. either not necessarily in person, but at least on by the by the phone, you can often head off some problems. Otherwise, most of well, them are. When
2: I did commercial in my contract, it said that I would give one hour of time for the inspection of the year, and I would be there when the inspector was there. Cause I can fix anything right then and there, then we can get it off the list and move on. You know, cause sometimes it's very minor and it's, it's something easy to, you know, Yeah. Resolve That,
3: that sounds like the inspections are scheduled though. Yes. Ours aren't. So
2: most of ours are scheduled, but you can get a surprise inspection. And if you're new to a property, And the inspector can't get a hold of the property and they don't know you are the, you are the, you know, CPO or person in charge of that pool, then it could seem like it's a surprise inspection. So I've had it where, yeah, I got called, hey, the inspector's here. Can you please show them the pool? And I had to drop what I was doing and head over there.
3: Yeah, I don't know of any of the inspections at the properties in Illinois are ever scheduled inspectors show up and do what they do. Um, And and I, I get that to an extent, but I would love for the properties that we are involved with to have those visits scheduled so we can have people there to do exactly like you're talking about. But, um, even so you, you can often have, you know, somebody on property is taking that inspector around That person on property has your cell phone number and you are willing to pick that call up when it comes in, uh, or, or tell them, Hey, you know, if an inspector shows up, shoot me a text, inspector is here. Can I call you or something, you know? And, and you might even be able to have a conversation right with the inspector, have this property manager or whoever's walking around with them, hand the cell phone to the inspector and have a brief conversation with them saying, yeah, you know what, I'm the, especially if you're the CPO of of record for the property or, or whatever you do for the property, explain what you do, things you maybe have done recently and, and just have that conversation. So it opens the door to some, hopefully pleasantries instead of anonymous. It's always hard for people to be assholes to someone that they have some familiarity with. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can get yelled and screamed at over the phone by a customer that when you're in their backyard face to face with them would be as nice as can be and bring you cookies and milk. Right. But because it's over the phone and it's removed, it's, it's a different scenario. If an inspector doesn't even know you, you know, they can be real jerks, run down their checklist and mark off every little thing that's a problem and and or shut you down when they could otherwise say, hey, you know what? That gate isn't self-closing. I'm going to mark it on here, but I'm not going to shut you down for it. Just make sure you get it fixed because I'm going to stop out here in the next few weeks and I want to make sure it's fixed.
1: Yeah. You know, they have that ability to be flexible. Hold on to your Jerry Juggs. The thrilling saga of commercial pool services continues, and we've got some incredible revelations in store for you. Unfortunately, all good things must come to a temporary pause. But fear not. Join us again next week for the continuation of Talking Pools, where Kelly and Dan will pick up right where they left off.